I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today we have an awesome show for you, but before we get into that, you're probably wondering, if this is your first time listening, what the fuck is a motherfucking CEO? Why can't I just be a regular CEO? Let's be real. Regular CEOs suck. They're boring, they're nerdy, they're dorks, and nobody really gives a fuck about them. We want you... You're ruining my intro, Vaughn. I'm sorry. Laughing in the fucking mic. Well, you mentioned nerdy and boring, and so I had to come in. Okay. But see... All right. Tyler... You totally fucked up my flow now. All right, let's just skip to the part. Uh, We have a fee. It's not money. The fee is this. If you enjoy the show, if you get information from the show, which I guarantee you, you will, especially on this show, um, I ask that you tell a friend, you know? You don't have to post about it. I'm not asking you to make a post or do any of this other shit. What I am asking, though, is if the conversation comes up of where, where you're learning cool shit... Give your Uncle Andy a shout-out, man. I don't know if I'm old enough to be an uncle yet, but I'm I'm getting pretty close. So, as always, uh, I am joined by my co-host. And you know what? That's not even true, because you're not always here. But I always That's say true. that. You know, I'm not here for the thunder. Yeah, you're not. No. Can you bring the thunder, though? I could try. I think we should get not the missus, right now. Mrs. Up, Mrs. On the phone. And ask her. What would that be like? The oh, oh, well, yeah. I can, <laughs> three girls. I can bring the thunder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah. right, yeah, yeah. By so, the way, I got a new. I know you say that you're not supposed to give yourself nicknames. I know that you sit at home all day, dude, I do. and think about nicknames. Tyler, was, does he do that? He definitely does. Well, that. He'll I come we, in every know, fucking so week you, and with like, like five more. I, I walk in the room. I walk in the office here. I'm like, Vaughn, what are you working on? And he closes down the screen real quick. And normally, like that's when dudes are looking at like porn and shit. Vaughn's got, Vaughn's working on his list of nicknames. I get I get thesaurus.com on. I or, know. You know. So yeah. let's hear it. <clears throat> well, I, there's a there's a reason behind it. I mean, you've done a good job of giving me some great enduring nicknames. The, but the you, best one is the, the pastor disaster. Pastor disaster is a good one that brings together sort of the faith and the and the and the the excellence element but because inspired by you and your whole culture and your business i i, I decided i, I it, decided that point, I, at this point it's ours it is ours yeah. that's true that's i appreciate that yeah so i would like to step up my game in terms of how i contribute to the overall overall first form thing. well i noticed i have noticed that you're actually putting on a little bit of muscle. I, I appreciate. It. Well, Alex and, and Grant have been helping me a lot, and Stu, and it, yeah. it's it's been great. All the so, Arte guys. Yeah. So I had to trust them though because they told me that I was going to lose a bunch of weight before I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah. So you look better, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean it. You look a lot better. Uh, no, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, I really, I'm very grateful for that. So, um, so what kind so of you ready? Se- what kind of sexy nickname have you come up with yourself? I guarantee you it's something like this. What is it? The Holy Father of Fitness. Oh, dude, I called it. <laughs> I called it. I knew it was coming. Yep. You know, and it's this is a weird show for you to bring that up on because we have somebody yeah, we here who really is uh, <laughs> the Holy Father of Fitness. Right, right. right. Especially for, he's from Utah, you know, so yeah. they're very religious in Utah. So, yeah. that. so guys, we have one of the guests. Uh, this is going to be a cool show because I don't know much more about this guy. Other than he's totally badass, um, he did 50 Ironmans in 50 days. You heard that correctly. 50 Ironmans in 50 days. I want you to think about that, because most of you can't get through a day without eating bullshit, all right? 
James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Dude, I'm excited to have you here, man. You are excited. Yeah. Next year, we need to do 50 for the kids. Huh? Instead 50. of 30 for the kids. Dude, you know what? I got up this morning, no bullshit. And so I got this bet. So I have this business group called the Arte Syndicate, all right? It's all it's all high-level entrepreneurs. Uh, it's $500,000-plus year earners that we work with personally. We do these little bets throughout the year. One of the bets I have with the group for charity is I have to be 10% body fat or less by May 17th, uh, or i got to pay 250 grand to charity. All right? So... I know how you can do it in 50 days. I know. So look. So listen. So I got down to 4%. I know. So listen. Let's so go. Dude, you, so listen. So uh, a couple years ago, I saw, and this, dude, we haven't even talked and you're already inspiring me. I just want to share this with you. It's pretty cool. Um, a couple years ago, I went 100 straight days with, with no cheating on my diet and no cheating on my workout. And that was a big deal for me. Like that wasn't, it's not 50 in 50 days, you know, or anything like that. But it was, it, it, it helped me, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm having trouble getting back in the rut, and I've got to fucking bust ass, because otherwise I won't make it, because I'm sitting at like 18% right now. And uh, i got 11 weeks to go after after today. Even though it's for charity, you it, don't really oh, want to fight that listen, check. <laughs> I'm probably going to still pay it either way, because it is for our charity, but it's a pride thing for me. For sure. Um, but I got up this morning, I'm like, dude, how, and I was just thinking about doing the show, and I'm like, how the fuck does someone do 50 fucking Ironmans in 50 days? And I'm like... There's a part you're missing. What's that? 50 different states. 50 different states? It wasn't done in a single location. Damn, dude. And tell the listeners real quick, for those that don't know, what an Ironman is. Yeah, so an Ironman is a, a distance of a triathlon, and it is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, Followed by a full marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So the total distance of an Ironman is 140.6 miles. And so logistically, we had to figure out how to get, how to complete one, and then how to get to the next state and do it. Dude, I'm sitting here with my mouth hanging open. <laughs> like, Seriously. So so my thing is like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get back in the routine on this program by doing 50 straight days of, of my program with no cheats just to lock in my routine. But I, you know... That was my little motivation. I'm like, fuck, dude, if someone can do 50 Ironmans, I can do this for 50 fucking days. <laughs> but, so, dude, let's, before we get into that, because I have to understand, I have to understand a mentality like yours, because I'll be honest, I I have mental toughness in other areas that that is unshakable, okay? But creating the mental toughness on a physical level um, is a different, it's a different thing for me, man. You know, I have to work really hard at it. So, I'm curious... I'm curious how this all developed. So, like, you know, wh where the fuck did you come from? Outer space? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Canada. Yeah, all right. This dude comes, it's almost the same. All right, so he comes from Canada. I'm a skinny but, white Canadian. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just curious, man. So, like, tell us, just, you know, give us the 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 five minute about where you came from, and then we'll get into how you got into to this. Yeah, so, I mean, so I, I grew up in a great home. Uh, my dad was a blue-collar firefighter. Um, worked really, really hard and set that great example for me. And then I had a mom that just dreamed and was an entrepreneur and just maybe couldn't get it together. Yeah. And I kind of looked at both of that and I was like, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur that can't figure it out. And I don't want to be a blue collar worker. We need them. We love them. But that's not who I am. I get it. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, OK, so if I can if I can take that hard work ethic and and that entrepreneur spirit and combine the two, that that should be a recipe for success. Right. And then uh, athletically, I, I grew up playing all sports. 
uh, just kind of figuring out what I liked, what I didn't like. What'd you like? Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I so, wrestle as well. Yeah. So I, I did all sports through, you know, junior high and whatnot. And then 10th grade, I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. And uh, just got worked in wrestling. Yeah. And then, but just kept showing up. Yeah. And ended up uh, going undefeated my senior year and won one state. That's badass. And went on to represent Canada. Yeah. So that was super cool. Learned a lot about mental toughness and what it means to show up every single day. Dude, I don't think there's a sport out there that kids can get involved in that'll teach you more than wrestling. Yeah, you know, I had this conversation last night with your boys, and I think yeah. the, the last uh, or the the two main sports to me would be gymnastics. Yeah. And wrestling. I have and, zero experience with gymnastics. Neither so do I, but I, lo- I, I, I look at those guys, and they're, in my opinion, they're some of the most underrated athletes in the world. Their core strength, the power, the explosiveness, the, the body control that those guys have, and just the, the mental toughness that those guys have to do to get to that level yeah, is very, very impressive to, to detail me. Too. Yeah, the detail and all that. So there's no like me against you in terms of like the wrestling is right but i think as far as well that's why gsp uh george st pierre is, is, was such an unbelievable fighter and yeah. in my opinion the best pound for pound ever yeah i agree uh, is is because gsp <clears throat> did a ton of detailed gymnastic work inside of his training and all that yeah. stuff and so i have a ton of respect for for kind of the, the fighting disciplines and i think gymnastic needs to be thrown in there somewhere well yeah, it think, never is either it, it never, never is. underrated yeah. those guys are just unbelievable I, athletes i think there's a number of starting quarterbacks in the nfl and hall of fame quarterbacks who actually took um who actually took gymnastics or uh, ballet, even. Yeah. Of the well, that got made yeah. famous well, just, by Walter Payton. Well, it's just yeah. body awareness. Yeah. Yeah. It's body awareness. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do it. <laughs> what, ballet? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. To help I'm, him with his posing and learning yeah, his body. I, I, I imagine I think so. It, I mean, you got Dude, this sounds funny, too, though. Like, I think if you're going to be. Uh, I think indoor soccer is underrated, honestly, mm-hmm. because indoor soccer teaches you super fast. It teaches your body as a kid super fast, explosive movements that helps the kids with, you know, like if they're going to play football or they're going to they're going to run to first base stuff yeah. like that and agility, you know. You know who yeah. the best 800 meter, 1500 meter and 5k runners were in high school and college? Soccer players. Soccer players. Yeah. It's all interval work. Yeah, right. It's explosive right. fast interval work. So they've got intervals combined with endurance and they just we couldn't we couldn't run with them. I yeah. mean, they were just unbelievable runners and it was just it wasn't intentional. They didn't know why or, yeah. and I didn't even know why back then, but now knowing what I know looking back I'm like, huh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Did you Why always enjoy, did you always find yourself um, enjoying the the running and the conditioning aspect of like sports? No, I hate running. Even, I, even right, today, so it's stupid. Right. My journey started with my wife saying, "Hey, let's go do a four mile fun run." And I'm like, something's wrong with you. You just said fun and run. Okay, dude. And it's, saying, it's Look, ridiculous. You're I hate speaking running my today. language now. I, I hold world records in running, and I hate running. It's right. stupid. Like, so thank you. You're speaking my language now. Now I'm interested in this shit. because. But, the, but here's the thing. To be successful at the highest level, you have to do stuff you don't like. Okay. Right? Thank you. You just That's said part some, of the formula. This is the fucking thing that I keep telling people. This is the opposite is what's being thrown around social right now. If you don't love it, you should quit and do something you love. Look, dude, how many times do you feel like getting up in the morning and, and fucking running? Zero. Exactly. Zero times. People assume, oh, you must love to get up and run. No, dude, I hate it. Yeah. I try to figure out how to work out in the afternoon. <laughs> like, and I. I don't want, like, I yeah. love sleeping. I right. love being comfortable. That's that's what human nature is, comfort, right. right? But we're never just standing still. We're moving forward or we're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. And if you're not uncomfortable, 
you're moving backwards. Yeah, you're getting passed. You're getting because pa- the, you're getting the passed. environment that we're in is not static. Yeah. It's a, flu- it's a fluid environment. People have such a hard time grasping. And you know what's cool is that that applies to your fitness. It applies to your mental toughness. It applies to – because mental toughness is a perishable skill. Yeah. You know, it is something that if you develop and then you let go and then and it will go backwards. You know what I mean? Or yeah, oh for sure. <clears throat> it's like when you when you work out and you get fit, it takes forever and ever to get to a level, and then you like dial it back for a minute, and you're like, how the hell did I get way back here again? Same thing with mental toughness. Like, I, I'm I'm four year four years removed from from the fifty, which right. is which is arguably the greatest oh, endurance dude. feat that nobody knows about. Yeah. And well, and, they're gonna know about it now. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. At least, least one point two mil, right? Yeah. At least. Well, more than that. Yeah. I love it. And, and here's the thing is when I finished the 50, I got just like thrown into the speaking circuit. Right. Last two years, I've been in 48 countries. That's awesome. And it's just crazy. I, this is something I never, ever thought I'd be doing. Well, I've slipped in the physical element of my life and mental and, and doing these difficult, hard challenges. And so I've, I've backpedaled. And so I've got a few big challenges coming up and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like... This is real. Right. This is real for me. Right. And it's not like everyone's like, oh, because I show up anywhere and like, oh, you're the Iron Cowboy. You can do anything. You know? Right. And you just I'm go like, do it right now. You just go do it like that. Yeah. Like, hey, just go do an Iron Man on the moon right now. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. it, it, takes, it takes a minute. Because here's the biggest problem with anybody. And you, you, you're going to be a, an advocate of this is people see a headline. They see you today. What you make, what your company is. That's right. They don't see you sleeping in the back of your shop. No, they fuck don't no. see you. You know, they don't. They, they don't, don't see. Even, they, they don't see the head. Dude, they, they, they see don't the even believe that. They yeah. don't even believe oh, I know. it. Like I, I have to like literally like show people pictures and shit. Yeah, you know, because if you say that, it just sounds like every other bullshit story. And like it's the same for you. You know, my first race, I have a picture of me hanging on the side of the pool, gasping for air with a nose plug on. Oh, I love because I can't dude. breathe. Like I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> and then that. I went on to do what what we did. Right, which yeah. is stupid. So, so dude, d- we should send him. Like Trump should go with him, or he should go with Trump for everything. So when like when like you're going America over, great again. N- yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like you go overseas. He meets with Kim Il Sung or whatever his name is, and Trump. Trump just says, Iron Cowboy. <laughs> like, dude. like, they know we're serious. America. 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 Iron America. Cowboy. But so, he's Canadian. That's right. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's a problem. We'll, we'll naturalize you. So, so, after wrestling and everything, I was sitting there in Canada going, you know, kind of not accomplishing much and trying to figure out what I'm doing. And Calgary's actually famous for the Calgary Stampede, one of the largest rodeo stops in yeah. the world. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting there, and the radio uh, announced a contest to see who could ride the Ferris wheel, the giant Ferris wheel, for the duration of the stampede. Well, the stampede's 10 days long. And so I was like, yeah, I, can, I, I should do that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so, so I, 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 I call the radio station, I get on the ride, and uh, I just like plead my case that I need to be on this ride. And I sit on the Ferris wheel and endure just boredom, uh, just mind-numbing boredom for 10 days. And I ended up winning the contest, which totally m- transitioned my whole life. Wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me stop you here. What the fuck, dude? Like, how, wait, days. I'm lost already. <laughs> dude, what makes somebody want to sit on a Ferris wheel for 10 days? Money. 
<laughs> money. I was 22 year old in a dead end job. There we go. And so I was sitting on the Ferris wheel, and it's funny because I got fired from my job sitting on wh- while I was sitting on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> so my motivation instantly like doubled, yeah, or tripled. And I'm like, now you have to now do I it. have to sit have here to because it. now what's my option? Zero so options. Ended, ended up winning, winning the money, and I had I did. I had one friend in Utah, and I hitchhiked a ride from Calgary to Utah. Met my wife. We actually just celebrated 19 years of marriage, and awesome. we have we have five kids. Oh man, awesome. that's cool. We've got Congratulations. Four, we've got four four girls and and a little boy, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah that's I super. Have, cool. I have to pull this out though, because because ten days on a Ferris wheel. Something that Andy has said a lot is that the key to endurance and the key to success is mastering the monotonous. So, what's going through your mind on those ten days? Were you like somehow getting into some sort of mental zone to just double down? Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that was monotonous. You had to have been on the borderline of going insane. Well, no, uh, I think you know, in your early twenties, you're you've got an active mind, or, or hopefully you should, and uh, you, you've gone through some stuff, and you've got a lot yet to experience. And so it was actually a, a beautiful 10 days for me to where I just got to sit and reflect. You had no distractions. You couldn't do anything. No phones, no books, no nothing. You didn't want to talk to the other people that are competing because who, who the hell are they? Right. And, and so you just it was just a great opportunity to sit there and go, okay, who am I? What do I want to do? Where have I been? What do I, where do I want to go? You kept your mind occupied. Just kept my mind occupied, and I really started to plan a dream, really. I think, I think we've, with, with technology, unfortunately, these kids have lost the art of dreaming. Dude, and, yes. And, I mean, it's just like they're just so distracted and minute-to-minute and instant gratification, this and that, and they've lost that creativity and that dreaming element of it, and they've got to they've try to be fulfilled through something God, else. Dude, that's such a good point that I've not even considered, honestly. And I, so I, I think for me, like, even now, like, the 50, those 50 bike rides that I did that were 100, those were six to seven hours long, and it's just me me time, right? And when I when I escape in training and doing these big, long rides up in the mountains, that's me time, that's think time, that's yeah. deep, deep tank time, that's, like, dissecting things and creating and dreaming and all that, and kids kids and even teens and and they're too distracted they're too distracted yeah i mean one of the one of the biggest areas that i want to get to like i've i've spoken to corporations and executives and all this stuff and i'm i want to get into the universities because Mm -hmm. i i think that that's an that's a demographic right there that i think they're just stuck they have no clue they haven't done anything tough yet they're 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 soft really oh yeah and and they're just entitled and soft and I try not to offend anybody, but it's true. And I think my message and story with what we've been through would really resonate and help a lot of those kids Absolutely. get some direction in, in what Absolutely, they're going. Absolutely, dude. This I think support. our environment, our environment right now is is is, and I, I mean, we totally agree on this. I can just tell from this what you're saying. It's conditioned for softness. I mean, sure. dude, when you and I, I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Forty-two. Okay, so we're close to the same age. Yeah. Like we probably sort of grew up in the same way of we definitely grew up in the same way technology was i mean fuck dude these kids got everything instant instant food instant feedback instant contact instant email like dude instant we, entertainment fuck dude they don't even know yeah. what a fucking pen pal is what the fucking pen pal <laughs> right. you know like dude they don't know what a bike is it's a completely like. <laughs> different thing and like i remember like when you were saying that about just dreaming i'm a huge car guy and so i can remember like after school, when I was a kid, and I'm not talking 20 years old, I'm talking 8, 9, 10 years old, like sitting there playing with my Hot Wheels and like looking at my Hot Wheels and, and I didn't have no nothing else to do. And I'm like, man, you know, 
one day I'm going to be this guy who does this and this with cars. And that people don't understand that like that car obsession started when I was a kid. Yeah. But it started because I had time to actually think think about things. Yeah. You know, and that's led to all these other amazing things. Um, that I take pride in now, you know what I mean? Like yeah, sure. providing guys with careers and and people with an opportunity. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that this uh, this lack of imagination changes. Yeah. There's so much science to support what you're saying. They, there's literally a, a brand new study that just came out and said one of the, the negative effects of technology is that literally kids are entertained so much that they don't get bored and that they've actually proven that it's prolonged periods of boredom that actually stimulate the greatest creativity in kids it's kind of what you're saying like yeah, you just sure. sat there so you had time to think but they're literally saying that it's actually boredom itself that provokes that and the problem is is that when you have kids who are constantly like looking on their ipads or looking on their iphones they're never bored so their so their imaginations don't develop and they, they don't develop this capacity to think think big because they're never forced to they're never sitting in a corner going well i don't have any toys so I'll just go find a shoebox and make something really amazing out of it, or I'll go out into the woods and whittle a gun out of a tree. You know, yeah, they, my, they just don't do that. Yeah, my assistant she sent me a text the other day, and she was like, "Hey, there's an event, and they 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 want to book you, and then there's a second event that's there's no plane that'll get you there fast enough. It's a five hour drive. Are you okay to do that?" And I actually really like driving, and I I, and I'll turn things off, yeah. and I just like sit there and think. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'd love to do that five-hour drive and just kind of get inside my head. I like it alone, head. though. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Don't bug me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and just that, that little bit of alone time. And so I, I, I could drive across the country. Yeah. And, and be totally too, stoked dude. to do it. Like, I don't yeah. know if I could be a truck driver and do it all the time. But, like, to say, as hey. A, as a, like, peop, most people would look at it and think, dude, fuck that. Yeah. And. I agree. I'm but with if you. someone's like, "Hey, yeah. let's let's let you know you've got a six hour drive." I'm like, "Oh, sweet! This is some time that I can get inside my head and really right. sort some things out." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. I I uh, I told I have never thought about that before, honestly. Uh, about the distractions from imagination. That's a really good point to to consider. It's got me thinking about a whole lot of things now. <laughs> dude, I don't I don't listen to the radio. So, dude, on here, the, well, on here the way to and from work. Here's the question I'm interested in. How how did you go to the bathroom? Yeah, on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, yeah. we had, had two two ten minute breaks a day. Okay, yeah, and in that ten minutes, you had to eat and go to the bathroom. Wow, but you did have to sleep on it, right? You couldn't sleep during the day from uh, from uh, midnight to eight a.m. You could you could go to sleep. Wow. So, dude, so that's your first test of like mental mental endurance. Yeah, wrestling and then the Ferris wheel. Yeah. And then uh, my wife and I started running together, and she, <laughs> like I said, she'd said, let's do that four-mile fun run. And I uh, did that four-mile fun run, and after that, I was just a mess. And uh, she, she came up to me, and she was like, uh, you're pathetic. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, I just signed you up for the Salt Lake City Marathon and figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, that's mean. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, did the marathon, hated it. Absolutely hated it. Swollen knees, couldn't walk for a week. How long, how long did you have to line. prep for that? Five months. Yeah. Yeah. And did just, you prep? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had no idea how to run, nothing. Downloaded Couch to Marathon off yeah, the yeah. internet and just started to try to dive into it. And what year was this? 2004. Okay. And then uh, really confirmed my dislike for running. Right. And uh, <laughs> But then I found triathlon and I loved the diversity. I loved that, that I had to learn a new skill set of swimming I ended up loving biking, had no idea, but loved it. And then just started to kind of take down the disciplines. And I think what's, what still attracts me today to triathlon is 
mastering so many different elements. Swimming, biking, running, right? That's the mm-hmm. obvious ones. But then you've got nutrition. Mm-hmm. You've got mindset. You know, So you're, you're talking right there, five different disciplines that you've got to try to figure out a master in order to do something at the highest level. And so I think that's what really gravitated me towards it. And then uh, so after that, that, that marathon, got into to racing, um, did my first Ironman in 2008. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Because I learned some things, I struggled, I stumbled, but had some decent success with it. And then um, right when all that was happening, I used to own a mortgage company. And in the in the thick of it, when we were getting into racing and starting to figure that out, the economy crashes. Right. And uh, we, we were in the heart of that crash. Yeah. And uh, we got stripped of everything. Got punched right in the fucking mouth. Just yeah, yeah, more than once. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, we lost our house. We lost all of our possessions. I, I remember sitting there and got the knock on the door, and it was the bank. And I've got five kids, six and a half and under, and just you know, reality just yeah comes knocking right. hard. And I had less than ten bucks in my bank account. Yeah, because we'd fought, tried to save everything, and I've got these five kids, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? Right. I'd already committed to the racing and this and that. And so I was like, okay, we're, this is an opportunity for me to reset and do what I do what I want to do. Right. And so I started working for a charity. We, we started working to ra- uh, raise money to build dams in Africa. That's cool. And so we called it the Try and Give a Damn Project. Oh, I like that. And I went out and I broke the world record for the most half Ironmans done in a single year and donated all the money to the charity. How many was that? Uh, <laughs> we did we did 22 Ironmans in 30, uh, half Ironmans in 30 weeks. Okay. And then I was just which sit- is fucking incredible. I was just sitting there going, man, I don't, I don't want to be the half Ironman world record holder. Who, who wants to be that guy? Yeah. And so then I, I did some research, looked up the full Ironman world record, and then two, what was it? Two years later, it was twenty fulls, and I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to break the record. I want to set a new bar. Yeah. And then uh, so we set out to do thirty Ironmans through eleven countries, and just had to shoestring budget the whole thing because we had yeah. we had no money and so I was just creative and trading and bartering and and getting people to donate air miles so I could get to these countries yeah. and, and race and I remember getting to Switzerland I had no money I uh, I would go to the race expo and 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 get the bar samples and the drink samples to to feed, fuel me yeah. to eat to eat food because I would say anything I would get or send from our coach and everything I would send home because we had the the kits yeah and uh, we had to put we had to put food on the table and figure yeah. that out. And so it was just a real scrappy, gritty time. Um, and then I, I finished the, the the 30 Ironman world record, and I knew I was going to get sponsored, and they were going to throw money at us and, and the whole thing. And so I was like, we're going to do, we're going to do 50 Ironmans. Because during the 30, I didn't feel like I'd pushed myself physically and mentally. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So you, so wait, so, so no, no, for real. Like you guys are laughing, but I'm, I'm totally picking this up, dude. Like you're, <clears throat> you're. You realize you left some shit on the table. Yeah. Well, when, and when you're doing something, it's hard. But then by doing those hard things, you gain knowledge and experience. Right. Right. And that's the whole point of being on a journey is gaining that knowledge and experience, facing some fears, overcoming those obstacles. So I finished that year. I look back on it. And I was like, yeah, when I started that year, that was the hardest thing I could think of. But now I could do an Ironman every weekend. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's where we've evolved. Yeah. To. And so I look back and I said, OK, I'm a man. I want to know what I do when I'm really backed into a corner, broken mentally, broken physically, nothing in the tank. What do I do? It's dark, right? Now what do I do? So I was like, what's the hardest thing? What's going to put me in that position? 50 Ironmans, 50 days, 50 states. Yeah. Right? So we started to put it together. I knew we were going to get sponsored. I contacted all the big companies, this and that. 
no, 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 nothing. Where year was this? 2015. Okay. And they said, we can't afford to associate ourselves with a failure. Dude, I, I wish I, I would have known about I, it. I, 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 I said, yeah. oh, you did. No, I didn't. You didn't. Yeah. But you guys did. Well, I didn't. I have an email from 2014. Yeah. What, it said no? Uh-huh. No way. Yeah. Damn, dude. Well, that wasn't me. I can tell you it didn't come from me. <laughs> I, uh, I I brought the email up at dinner last night to the to the boys. Good. It was really Good. really cool. It was just a cool experience. Um, but I hope you rubbed it in too. No, not yeah. yet. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, so they said we can't afford to associate ourselves with failure. And I said, what are you what are you talking about? I'm failed yet. I just came off two world records. I'm in the best physical shape I've ever been in. My mental state is off the charts. I know we can do this. And they just said, well, you're going to fail. It's impossible. It can't be done. And so I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. And, that, I, put, and, and, and I, I already know that that was all you needed. It can't be done. Yeah. Right, wasn't it? Right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Talking about the darkness. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. The yeah. dark sides. I, you know, I can, always tell, I can always tell the kind of person I'm dealing with when I ask them, what motivates you more, winning or fucking losing? And- you know what I'm saying? Or or what, what encourages you more? People cheering you or people telling you you can't, you know? And, and I can always tell. Like, dude, there's there's kinds of people who, who there's there's just different kinds of people. And that's what it comes down to, you know? And so, so that was that was a crazy moment for us when, when we had no support and nobody believed in us. Everybody said it was impossible. And we were actually laughed at and mocked for having the goal. Yeah, because they were like, you, you're just gonna set yourself up for embarrassment. I would like that email, yeah, because I'm gonna fucking frame the motherfucker and put it on my wall. <laughs> honestly, dude, honestly, yeah. like, it, it, I'm serious. Okay, because like that to me, that's what this shit's about. You know what I mean? For sure. It's about fucking being told no, and then it's about proving everybody wrong. I I live for that shit. Well, and and here here's one thing <clears throat> that I've realized on the journey too is, you had no idea. No. Right. That it was going on. Yeah. Right. And so it would have been an ego battle for me in my head to say, I'm going to prove you wrong because you didn't know yeah. that that was happening. Right? right. And so for me, I had to go to a place where I, I was going to prove myself right. Yeah. And not prove you wrong. Yeah. Same outcome, yeah. different energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, because it, it turns from an F you mentality to the world yeah. to turning that into a positive and say, I'm going to put together the best possible team and together we are going to prove ourselves right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I prove you right or wrong because I, I believe in me and, well, and, it, and it starts here. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I think that there's power. I think so in business, this is what I try to explain to people because I think they take this motivation the wrong way. Like, a lot of people are in business, and they look at their competitors. They're like, dude, I'm going to fucking bury him. I'm going to bury him. And then they get so... So I talk about the dark side motivation, right? Like, it's real. It's real shit. And I, I'm driven by that. But so many people... What you're talking about is crossing over to productive action. And <clears throat> so many people will just get consumed with the dark that it buries them because they can't be productive. And the key is to be able to take that because dude, to do something like you've done, I believe that's a record that will never be broken. Um, I think it's one of the greatest records in sports in in athletics uh, in mental toughness. Like you could fucking go away today and 
that's a tremendous legacy, in my opinion. Um, but to do things that are on that level, you have to do what you just said. And you have to be able to cross over and use all the energy available. And so what I try to explain to people who are in business is that what you just explained is that, dude, yes, the dark shit is real shit, but you have to be smart enough and disciplined enough to understand that just wanting to prove people wrong and being mad and being angry is not enough. You have to be able to take that energy, go to your team, like you said, create a plan and take it and pour it into that plan that benefits not only yourself, but your entire team and everybody else. And so a lot of people misconstrue like the the dark energy is like, I got to live there. Dude, if you live there, it will burn you up. It will end you. Like we, li- uh, we live in Utah and it's, it's starting to become uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Uh, and they call it, they're calling it Silicon Slopes. Yeah. And wh- what's interesting is I've noticed that all of the tech companies are moving in right beside each other. Yeah. And it's not because they want to keep an eye on them and bury them and distance themselves and keep them secrets. It's because that that strength in numbers. They're all working together. They're all working together. Right. Even though they're competitors, yeah. they're working together to grow and get themselves to another level. Right. And if, if one of those companies was to like isolate themselves and go, I'm gonna we're gonna bury you guys into this, they would get they're missing up. they'd get yeah. yeah, they would lose. They they're missing out on an opportunity to collaborate with these other companies and and realize that they can benefit each other right. and all see tremendous growth. Right. And they can still go prove each other wrong, but it's because they're putting that's the what efforts I've tried into to do. what they're doing. I've right? been really I've been trying to do that in our fitness industry a lot you know like I'm very passionate about um about the message that we stand for at first form and when we first started I was I was definitely more like dude fuck everybody else this is what we're doing but now I'm like dude you all of you guys need to step up to this message and deliver this you know what I mean it's for the better of the culture for everybody well and looking at you guys now I mean you guys have so much impact in so many other really cool areas with charities and and work inside the community here in st louis i mean just what i learned for, about you guys last night was remarkable thank you and, and the work that you guys are doing was just like holy cow these guys have taken it to another level and had you stayed in that dark place i don't, I don't oh, think no. that stuff would have been possible yeah, no because you'd, you'd have been so shut off from but all I that think other that stuff comes and, with experience and maturity yeah, too sure. you know when i was younger dude i was definitely totally fueled by fire and now it's uh I still now, think you've got some fire in your Oh, brother. yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, dude, yeah. that'll yeah. never go away. You're, you're intense. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, I like that, though. You know what I mean? I like feeling no, that. Dude, it's infectious. Um, I, I, oh, thank you. I'm Thanks pumped, for good stories, I, I'm too. I'm pumped up in the room right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, dude, it's it's uh, it's just who I am, man. It's authentically who I am. You yeah, know? I love and, it. And, uh, you can't force that. No, it's and you can't fake it, yeah. you know? And people, lot, can, people can tell. I know. People can I know. Tell. We talk about that a lot with speakers, and you're speaking now, too. You know... I see. We were just talking about this five minutes before I walked in here with uh, Jason in the other room about how many people that go out and speak and suck at speaking. Like my brother, Sal, is probably the second best speaker I know, maybe the third best behind Ed Milet. Okay. And, and like, or we're all on that same level. He doesn't go out and speak. You know what I'm saying? He's, he puts his energy towards this. But what I'm trying to say is like, 
the the reason that a lot of these dudes that we that we deal with that we see and I'm sure you see too actually suck at speaking is because they're doing it for the fucking money instead of doing it for the impact. They don't actually believe it. So when you're sitting at these events and you're like, God, I wonder why this guy sucks. Well, it's probably because he's about to sell you something. Yeah, that's the truth. One, one and of the they've be- chosen well, the topic that they're speaking about based, based on what on, they think is going to make a money, not based on something that they're genuinely and naturally that's uh, right. enthusiastic. That's about. right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've got I get two two quick. Stories. Yeah. Um, one is I was invited out to speak to the Minnesota Vikings, and um, I was wicked intimidated. Right? These are like the highest level athletes, explosive. I think they'd be scared of you, dude. Well, this is yeah. a crazy experience. So I go in there, and it's mandatory. All of the athletes have to be there. They're bringing speakers all the time, and um, you know, you, you get in there, and the attitude is like, "Yeah, we have to be there. We're going to get fined." And and over the course, I presented to the the Vikings for an hour. And I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be a scary hour for me. And I go in there and I literally just shared my story and poured my heart out. Yeah. And uh, the coach came up to me afterwards and he goes, I have never seen this group of athletes pay attention, not move and be alert for the entire presentation. Every single one of those athletes got something out of it. And, and this is what he said. He goes, the reason is you weren't trying to tell them or teach them anything. You were sharing your story, and they appreciated it because you were on the battlefield, doing it. They respected. And they respected that. Right. Yeah. And then uh, one of my one of my mentors, um, who's been speaking for twenty years, is Peter Vidmar. Mm-hmm. He's a nineteen eighty four Olympic gold medalist in gymnastics. Was the first athlete to get a perfect ten on the palmer horse, and he said, "What you have as a speaker?" Because I never thought I'd be a speaker, right? Like I'm yeah, an, I'm an, I didn't an, either, bro. I'm an introvert. Like I would I've I've built a home right now with the whole desire to never leave it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, and, we got and, something in common. Yeah, then. And, and and Peter was like, "You have something that most speakers don't have, and it's the fact that you're telling your." own story and you're passionate about it and you experienced it right and then he said and you're good on stage yeah um and so he said that those two so that was one of the couple really great compliments that i received one from a hall of fame speaker and olympian and then one from the coach of the minnesota vikings who was like did we bring in speakers all the time and that was the best we've ever well dude i mean let's i mean you're a very humble dude i can already tell that i'm i mean Just I hope you appreciate the gravity and the impact of what you've been able to accomplish because even to someone, to anybody who's accomplished, like the Vikings, they're all super accomplished dudes. All these entrepreneurs, super accomplished dudes. That's just a different thing, dude. (laughs) I I just hope you, I just hope that, you know, because I know I already, I can get a feel for your vibe and what you're, you know, you're always looking for a test and you're always looking to, to, you know, it's not about proving it to other people it's about to yourself i just hope that you know there comes a time where you can really appreciate what you've done because dude that's i don't think that'll ever be broken and i truly do believe that is one of the greatest records in human history ever since last week when aaron uh mentioned to us about you being in town and talking about being on the show i've actually mentioned a handful of people i said no you have have you heard of this iron cowboy no what did he do well he did 50 iron mans in 50 50 days I get two That's res- intimidating, dude. I get two responses. Either one, they're like, baloney. There's no way. You're lying to me. Like I'm like, no, I'm not lying to you. Or what is the more frequent one is just jaw drop. Well, dude. Just jaw think, drop. Vaughn, think about this for real. And I and I think to you, it's probably not a big deal because you fucking did it. Like a lot, because, you know, you know how we always like kind of like, if you're humble in nature, you kind of suppress your, you know, right. greatness, so to speak, or your accomplishments. And I think that, 
I think anybody who understands what the fuck an Iron Man is and what it means, like most of these people, they couldn't, like me, I couldn't go run a mile without really hurting. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's just a different level. It's a different level, man. And I like, read it, a fi- it's awesome. I ran a 5K in 2012, and I'm still bragging about it. You're probably still <laughs> sore, motherfucker. <laughs> right. I can't believe I, that you did not get injured at all. Yeah, let's let's talk about well, that. Let's let's like, dude, when you say fifty, yeah, I bet you were beat the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, define injured. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I was yeah, dying. What, what were you like? Um, like, <laughs> so, dude, let's let's talk like? about this, okay? Just just so people can grasp what we're talking about. We're talking about literally how many hours you do, how many hours a day, how many hours to take you to do Ironman during that time. So, my fastest was an eleven thirty-two. Okay, so and we floated up to sixteen hours. Okay, we're talking eleven to sixteen hours a day. Most of you motherfuckers ain't even awake that long in a day. Okay. <laughs> And we're talking 50 days straight, not in the same spot, but we're talking about, yeah, dude, he just flipped me over a picture of his feet. Is this after the event? After that, 50 days? That's about 15 days in. Probably, 15. Probably not sleeping in a hotel. Yeah, so he sends me a picture of his of his toes here. Every fucking toenail is fucking gone, okay? those The red dots you see are nerve endings. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, he... It's, it's just... All right, before we get into this, because I'm just like, what yeah, the fuck? There are no superlatives yes. to describe so, how this, this was on day 48. Yeah, dude, I would have just quit there and gone to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, dude, so he, let's talk logistics, all right? So we're talking six, 11 to 16 hours a day, all right? Then we're talking moving a location, to a different state, we're talking a team of people, like the, 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 the scope of this project, let's talk about that, and then we'll get into the actual mental toughness part of it. Yeah. Uh, so how, because how, like, dude, I'm a pretty fucking smart dude, and I'm pretty good with logistics, Yeah. but this would be a tough thing to really, for me to draw out, you yeah, know what I mean? I, so I had to reverse engineer it, and so I was like, where, where's, where's going to be our biggest obstacles? Hawaii. Alaska, yeah, yeah. right. Let's right. get let's get those taken care of first. Okay, you don't want to get forty days, eight days into it and have those two left. Right. So Hawaii, Alaska, to to get from Hawaii to Alaska, you have to catch the last plane out in order to do the Ironman in time. In order to do the Ironman in time, you had to start at midnight, so no sleep, do the first Ironman, fly to Alaska, get there with just enough time to get in the water, do Ironman number two, finish that Ironman, fly to Washington. Just enough time to get in the water, start Ironman number three. So the first three are three just days, three Ironmans, zero sleep, five and a half hours of sleep on a commercial airline in yeah. coach with your five kids. Yeah, because the kids came with me all fifty days. Okay, the whole family did, and then the team and the motorhome met me in Washington, and then we started to caravan the la- the the remaining forty eight. Okay, so let's talk about your mental state after the first three days. Because I think this is where most people quit in their journey to anything. For sure. Okay? Yeah. So you get three or four really hard tests, right? And you're like, fuck this, dude. I got so much more to go. I've got 80%, 90% left of what I've got to do. Where were you there mentally? Yeah, fried. Yeah. Absolutely fried already. We're four days into it. And and one, th- one of the things we did is we raised $100,000 for uh, the Jamie Oliver Foundation. Um 
by putting on a 5K event inside of our Ironman every single day that people could come and participate. Oh, that's so cool. So logistically, we put on an Ironman, and Holy then shit. inside that Ironman, we put on a 5K right. that we did it every every day at 7 o'clock. Well, f- four days into it, we're in Oregon, and I am hammered. Like, exhausted, falling asleep on the bike already. Are you no- thinking, like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah, I'm like, how am I going to do 47 more Ironmans? Right. Like, I'm already br- breaking. So my 12-year-old daughter, Lucy, she comes up to me and she's like, Dad, I don't, I don't think you believe in yourself. And oh, I, was like, I was like, what? what? Yeah. She's like, I don't think you think you can do this. This is a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. And she's like, I'll tell you what, Dad. She goes, together. Together, Dad, we can do this. And I'm like, sweetheart, our definition of together is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And she's like, no, Dad, stop. You're not listening to me. She said, together we can do this. And dad, I'm going to be here every single day waiting for you. And I'm going to do all 55 Ks through 50 states with you. At 12 years old. 12 years old. Never run, never prepped, realized in this moment who she is, her role on our team, and what she's going to do to help us get to the finish line. Dude. She showed up every single day and was there at 7 o'clock waiting for me to do that 5K. That's amazing. In in a day and age where kids have no idea what it means to do what you say you're going to do, she made a commitment, showed up, and held me accountable to do what we were going to do. And together, we did it. That's crazy, dude. So so that that conversation, which was probably five minutes, changed the the perspective. Yeah. And now what's your thought process? Now I have to do it. Yeah. Right? Well, day, so let's fast forward. Day 18. Chattanooga, Tennessee, 106 degrees outside. I lose concentration for three seconds, fall asleep on my bike, crash. I look over at my bike, my hips swollen up. I've got road rush everywhere, and I'm like, 18's got to be good enough. Nobody thought we'd make it 5, 10, right. 15. Right. 18's got to be good enough, right? He who has their why can bear almost any how. I didn't know how I was going to get back on my bike, but I knew why. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy's waiting for me, yeah, right? Yeah. So I get back on my bike and we fight and figure out how to take <clears throat> another step. Dude, I love this. Figure man. out how to turn the pedals over. Yeah. Because guess what? She was going to be waiting for me and sure as shit she was. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> it's starting to make a little sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Say that again. He who has their why. He who has their why to live for can bear almost any how. Hmm. That's, that's the quote of the show right there, yeah, man. man. There's no question. That, that's amazing. So, 18 days in, you wreck. Your feet are f- totally screwed up. We're chasing a hurricane. So, you're trying to get around a hurricane. Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk about that. <laughs> One of the things we were heavily criticized for was we had to, we had to go inside for a day. Yeah. And, and people lost their lids. Uh, like they just what do you mean you had to go inside? The, the it was torrential downpours right what high advisory weather warnings torrential winds super wet so we we swam inside yeah still covered the 2.4 had power watt bikes got on bikes biked to 112 yeah and then ran the marathon on a people treadmill. were pissed about this oh man the internet what the attacked fuck? us and it was even, it's actually harder because it's a bunch people, of motherfuckers in their mom's basement sitting, typing on their fucking keyboard. Yeah, well, they Pete's, can't run a the fucking hot pocket mafia. Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete's and porn crew. No shit. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're all out there criticizing you. And and you know and that was one of the things too is we we just started to get attacked on social media and the criticism for and that. Every every little decision that we made was criticized. Dude, you know what? This is what happens when people start to think you're going to fucking do it. Yeah. 
This is what happens. The people at the beginning of the uh, of the beginning, and they're like, "This is how it goes, man." Dude, any entrepreneur that sees any success deals with this. All right. In the beginning, everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," but they don't really think you can do it. Yeah. They say, "Oh, hey, good luck with that, man. Good luck." And then they go to their buddies and they say, "Ah, oh, don't worry. He's gonna." It's, you know, he's going to no make chance. it three days. He's going to make it four days. Then you're making it 10 days. Then you're making it 20 days. And then they get scared and they're like, fuck, he might actually do it. And this is the entrepreneurial journey. You know, when we first started our business, everybody was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were struggling the first 10 years, everybody's like, oh, you know, that's cool. You guys did that. But when are you going to get realistic and like grow up and get a real job, you know, and then. When you start making a little money, they start saying shit like, "You get like, dude, I remember when I got my first nice car. And one of my friends, who actually had worked for me, she said on social media publicly, yeah, you know, I used to work there. Dude's going to, dude, success has gone to his head. Yeah. He's going to lose all, he's going to spend all his money on cars. The car was $67,000, by the way, okay? Like, it, it was it was it was a nice car. Nice car, but no Lambo or Fuck, something. Fuck right? yeah. yeah, it was nice. Not, not like, like a quarter mil. Right, <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, and then what happens is after you fucking for sure make it, I already know what's gonna happen. I already know it's happening now. <laughs> you're fucking. You're the man now, right? But uh, dude, it's just these lessons are so so congruent. You know, it's it's, it's so common, but it still boggles the mind. That it's just it just reminds everybody that there are there's a certain segment of society that no matter what you accomplish they ain't gonna be good find enough. Find something, and yeah. really it's ultimately because it's not about it's not about attacking your perfection. It's about defending their mediocrity. Well, it's, it's about it, rationalizing I, so that they feel I've better. I've absolutely themselves. learned that it stems from jealousy. It's their yes. issue. Yeah, I, I I've I mean. I, I'm entertained by it now. Yes. Be, just because of what but I've when learned. You're in the in it, it's when you're really in it, it's hurtful. so hard. Yeah. The, the, the crew had to almost Insulate shelter, shelter yeah. me from what was going on because I it took so much energy. People don't understand the compounding. Like, yeah, you say an Iron Man a day, but the compounding effect of an Iron Man a day, you just cannot wrap your mind around that. Dude, I couldn't even comprehend it. And so, so I laugh because if somebody says anything, I'm like, you have, go do 10, go do one. Go do like one. Like you just have, you just have no clue what it takes to go beyond five, 10, 15, 50. It's just, and I'm not pounding my chest. It's reality. No, no, no. I've lived it. I've fought it. I've I been in those trenches. Yeah. Like, it's First trying to all, tell someone that doesn't have the experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've earned I, it. I'm not a chest pounding guy. I get of it. Guy, but, but I'm just saying, if yeah. you did, I'd be right behind you being like, fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah, so, dude, you. so you're, you're, uh, you, you do the end day. You've got everybody on social, not everybody, but you've got a big section of social against you. Um, that was the coolest thing was to watch that paradigm shift. Right. Yeah, at the final day, we had thirty five hundred people there running with us. Yeah, it, it was just that is it was just incredible, and and just the messages that that came in, and the it was fun to watch from being a going from the villain, it's impossible villain, you're an idiot, ridicule. How many? Yeah. So how many of those people? How many? Shift. How many people came up to you at the end? Because this happens to me all the time. And dude, I am nowhere near where the fuck I'm gonna be. I can tell you that, but. I heck, I get this all the time, bro. I never thought you'd be really be able to do it. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Like, like, and they'll call themselves out. Like, yeah. I never really thought you could do it. Yeah. How many of that did you get? A lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. One, one of the one of the really cool things that happened to me was a, a sponsor that came on board early on. Yeah. They they no money, and we're talking a billion dollar company. Yeah. Didn't give me any money, but they were like, "Hey, we'll give you some product, help you along." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, we need. I need that. Yeah. Right. We had nothing." And the billion-dollar company, the board, the executives of the team sat down in the boardroom, discussed the project, and they said, "How many um, Ironmans will will James make it?" And they they did a ballot. They put it on a ballot, yeah. right? Not one of them said fifty. Yeah. But they were like, "He'll make it far enough that we'll get our you know benefit out of it." I finished, and they now have above their boardroom door it just says the word Iron Cowboy. Yeah. Because it means to them grit and resilience yeah. and perseverance yeah. and and anything is truly possible so for a billion dollar company to have that mindset that's shift amazing was was really really yeah. cool what yeah. company was it i won't say what, <laughs> what are you you're you done with them now no it won't hurt my feelings he, no no just, i don't want to offend i don't want to yeah. i don't want to oh, okay. throw them under the bus you're like rocky though man oh, rocky, oh rocky i get what you're four? saying oh i get what you're saying okay yeah. he's like you're like rocky in rocky four where the russians are yeah. all against you and then you yeah, win you and they're all like cheering you <laughs> oh well, I was just wanting to give him, give you give him a free plug. That's all. Oh. Uh, but I get it. I get it. You know. But that's that's you know what? That's the truth though. When you're setting out to do great shit, even the fucking people who quote unquote believe, believe in you, you. Yeah. still fucking doubt you. Don't believe in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they were like, "Oh, well, you'll get far enough that we'll get what we want out yeah, of it." Right. And I'm like, "Well, what I really need is the support." Yeah. <laughs> you know? right, right. I need someone else to believe in me too. Yeah. But that there's a beautiful lesson right there, right? You really it doesn't don't. matter who believes that's in you. Right. You have to believe in you first. Like that's right. it starts with you. And, and that that's what's missing in today's age is self-belief. Dude, we just talked I was just talking to a group I was talking to the group about this. Ed Milet was talking to Arte about this. The other night, because, dude, so many people hide behind that excuse. I don't have anybody that believes in me. Not even my wife believes in me. Well, look, let me tell you something. When you're going to set out to do something that is just astronomically great, it is hard for people that have never touched that or been around that or seen that or witnessed it with their own fucking eyes to believe in it. It's nothing against them. It doesn't mean they don't love you or care about you. It's just a hard thing to understand, you know? I, I have now come to the grips and understanding that I'm. it'll be doubtful that I ever get the support because every time we do something, we're pushing an envelope. We're pushing what the mind and the body can do. And so people are like, well... Yeah, well, that's impressive. Your 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 track even record, even now. Yeah, your track. Are you record. serious? Yeah, dude, I would fucking support anything. <laughs> I, I think you could do anything. Well, here's what's next. You want to hear it? Yeah. Seven Ironman, seven days on seven continents. Let's go. You won't do it. I yeah. <laughs> I'm looking with you. I, I I'm An not doubting it. Antarctica, Brazil, USA, Madrid, Spain, Cairo, Egypt, Dubai, and Australia. January 2020. Are you saying awesome. let's go like me go with you? Because I can't fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I don't have any doubts that you'll be able to do it. It's happening. Yeah. I have zero doubt. Yeah. Wait, zero wait, doubt. In Antarctica? Antarctica. Yeah. Let's go. By the way, I love what Ed said about when he said if you, do, if you really don't have a spouse who supports you, there's really only one thing you can do. Win. What are you like, looking for? Sponsorships for that? For the seven? Yeah. Always. Well, fuck, dude. We'll talk about that later because right. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't have any doubts that you'll be able to do it. There's nothing, dude. If you could do what you've already done, there you could tell me I'm gonna fucking reverse gravity. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. I'm gonna be like, all right, James is gonna figure it out. <laughs> We're gonna sponsor it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but James. But dude, it's nine, this ain't, that would not be a business thing. That's a personal oh, I, for sure. I believe in him. Yeah. It's not yeah. about first form. It's about my belief in him. My Thank real you. question is, can you do nine 
Iron Man on nine planets. <laughs> When's funny. that going to happen? It, it was funny. My brother-in-law, he's a, he's a creative marketer, and, and he, he created a logo where it was... Uh, it was the moon. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm busting the, the finish line tape on the moon and my <laughs> cowboy hat's floating in the air. And I just thought it was great symbolism to where you can take their mind and the, the body, yeah. the limits. And and I, I obviously that's not not I, I'll never use the word not possible, but it's not possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. But I just thought the symbolism of that was so cool, like yeah. breaking the tape on the moon. Yeah. Is just that's that's what this culture is is missing that dreaming that real stretch that that it's just this, the the culture of today is missing that that dream that stretch that that impossible limits it's because here's the biggest thing that I've learned going through 48 countries is we're all human and we're stuck and it's because it's in our heads and we're getting in our own ways in our own way and nobody's believing in, in, in us and ourselves. Right. And so that's, that's why it goes all the way back to starting and believing in you. And it's that energy that you put out. Like nobody believes in me and blah, blah. You're right. Nobody is going to believe in you because you don't believe in yourself first. You've got to emit that energy and put that out there. Right. So it, it, it starts, it starts with you. And once you start that belief process, then you can, it opens it up to shoot for massive, goals that nobody else thinks of but it also attracts that team to be around you that you can have success right dude so so you finish you finish the 50 50 right how long did it take you to physically recover from that over a year seriously yeah and and, and that's the whole thing right people see the headline people see where you're at right. now people see where i was well, see, that's the what 50. i'm thinking i'm thinking like but they don't see they don't see the decade before it and they don't see the recovery and what it takes after, like phase two, phase three of right. whatever the the journey entails. Right, right. right? Just mentally, we were fried. I never wanted to see a bike again. I was ne- definitely never running again. Um, how I, long? I, how long did it take for you to run? Really, a year? Yeah. yeah, over a year. I mean, I tore my shoulder on day five of the fifty and had to do what? Swimming. Okay. Yeah, and had to f- just because the amount, intense volume that we put in leading up to it, and so. My body got a breaking point on day five. So I'm st- sitting there day five going, okay, I've got to figure out how to do 45 Ironmans with one arm. Yeah. Right? And that's, fucked that's, up toes. Yeah, well, your whole body. I mean, I, I got to a point where- How did you do that with your toes like that? Like, honestly, because I've had toenails ripped off and it fucking, it, it ain't it no joke. Yeah, yeah but this oh. is the thing that people don't understand is, is they quit. They qu- In those moments of pain and adversity, they quit. And here's the beauty. When you don't quit, you adapt and you evolve. It became routine for me to do an Ironman a day. Yeah. And my body healed. My foot didn't look like that in the end. It got better. Because my body said, Dude, he's going to get up tomorrow and do an Ironman. I have to figure out how to adapt. So it takes all its resources wow. you're giving it and puts it where the most critical spot. Yep. Body smart, man. Body smart. Yeah. And so that's what happened. During the 50, I, my hands and feet started to go numb. I was experiencing nerve damage and circulation problems because I got so fit. And efficient that my it just said I have to pump blood to his Dude, organs and his brains, yeah. and I'm willing to sacrifice his hands and his feet. Yeah, and so we had nerve. I I had numbness in my in my ring finger and pinky fingers for a year afterwards. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Because my yeah, yeah, 
because my body was was adapting in order to keep me functioning I, to do that, yeah. right? So I, it's it's amazing what the mind and the body do. And here's the thing: people quit before the mind and body come into sync with each other, mm -hmm. and that's when perfection happens. My last twenty Ironmans were the fastest of all fifty. Mm -hmm. The final fiftieth one was the fastest one. That's amazing. And it's because I adapted and evolved, and and the mind came and, into unison with with the body. And let's and be we real. Were, we were you hitting. were just ready to be done. <laughs> well, on that note, with the mind and body coming into unison, I know that. You know, runners sometimes talk about getting the runners high. I mean, That's obviously. A lie. Well, I, I was going to say, do isn't you, it like for real? So dude. you never, you never had any moments where you felt like, I don't know, you just kind of transcended it a little bit. Day fifty was an out of body experience. Okay, what was for it like sure. men mentally on day fifty? Like uh, going into the race, um, the the most going into the race. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask this because I think this is I think this is an interesting question. This is something. Was there a time that you maybe thought you couldn't do it? Or what, like, when did the transition happen to where, like, you knew, like, you knew for fucking sure you could do it? Like, cause, listen, everybody's gonna say, dude, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. Like, I've been guilty of that, right? Like, I'll come in and say, dude, we're gonna fucking do this. And everybody believes it. But when I walk out of the room, I'm like, oh, shit. all right, like, I kind of, I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> like, but, but uh, but it's important to get everybody else on board with that. So yeah, I I, I I know there was I don't care what you say. I know there was a time where you were like, all right, I don't know if I can actually do this. And talk about that time, and then the transition to where you knew you could do it. Yeah, you're not going to believe me, but we were in such a space that I never once thought I couldn't do it. But here's the truth. I had no idea how we right. were going to do it. Right. Uh, I, we were in a position where I had two guys with me full time. We called them the wingmen. And it was me, the two wingmen, and my, and my wife, Sonny. And the four of us never wavered. We were all in. Now, with that said, we had moments of, I just need to cry. I just need to let it out. I just need to sit here and not think about problem solving or the pain and all that. And then let's go. Right. And th those were very small moments. But with this type of thing and how big it was, we were 300% all in, all committed, no doubt. Because when it's when it's this level, you can't even let those thoughts creep in. Right. And so I, I know, you know, you're like, I'm not going to believe you. No, I actually but, do believe you. But, I was just trying to dig you out the real yeah. shit. Yeah, I actually it's, do believe you. It's the, it, we we had moments, but yeah. it wasn't moments of disbelief. It was it was it was moments of regathering, right? And and releasing for a moment, and then go okay, let's let's go. All of us, not a moment of not happening. That's amazing. It's absolutely happening. Yeah, I, I love I love that you said like you had crying, you had emotion, because I I think people when they experience those times. They ought to automatically assume like they're they get down on themselves because they must they think well this must be a sign and I'm giving up, but it's not. You're just you're just authentically expressing like struggle and heartache. Well, and I think that's part of being a human. Yeah, dude. And going through the process. Doing, what are you doing April sixth? Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Really I'm question. dead serious. No, I'm. I know it's you, a really good you, question. Are you are you busy April sixth? I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Disney World. Okay. Because like, dude, I have a group that I want to I want to I want to get you in front of. Uh, next week, uh, in, in two weeks, I leave for South Africa, okay. and I'm doing a an eight day mountain bike stage race with sixty five thousand feet of climbing. Okay, and I get that, and I'm gonna take my family to Disney World for a week. Well, I want I want 
over the next year, I want to. I want. We're working on an event with you guys for June. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Awesome. We're, we're gonna come out. You, were you talking to Emily? Uh, no, or, Aaron. Oh, oh, for Summer Smash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. Listen. Hey, cool. yeah. Wait, like I looked at your Instagram, you you should have ten million fucking followers, like not a hundred and something thousand, like two hundred two. Yeah, is that what it, whatever it is. it is. I'm I'm a I am fu- I am fully committed, and I think everybody that knows me knows that when I find I come across someone who is the real deal, I am fully committed to making sure everybody knows about yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to be me. You know, it, dude. You're you're a fucking amazing dude, man. Thanks. Like, and I don't even barely know you, but I'm just telling you, like, it's it's crazy because we get, we, I get, I've done no marketing, and advertising, spoken 48 countries, and every time we get an inbound request, I'm like, man, how can I how can I get out of this? And the only reason I respond and then get on stage is because of the impact that we have. Yeah, my, my no, I now it's your I obligation. Do, I don't want to right. I have yes. a social responsibility yes. to do this. I I don't want to be known for the guy that did the fifty. I want to be known as the guy that helped people get unstuck mentally to be able to achieve their best self. So, dude, that's get, that's my that's my mission. Dude, we're on the same mission, bro. Yeah. It's just in a different way. Sure. What? Give me your ten minutes on that. For real, right now. Like, let's talk about that. The people right now who are stuck, who don't know how to get out of that rut, who don't know how to push themselves, who don't know how they're going to push through because everybody goes through that version. And, you know, people like to compare their versions of that. Like, oh, my version of that is this. The reality is to, to the individual, it's all the same. The sky is falling. I can't push on. I can't push through. And, you know, it's not about comparison. It's about the individual situation. So let's talk to these guys right now because we only have a few minutes left in the yeah, show, unfortunately. Sure. But I I want people to hear from you what your message is. Yeah, people are like, well, what's your secret to success? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the fight game. I love I love Conor McGregor. I love GSP. I do too. Um, you, you either love him or you hate him. And I, I don't, love Connor because and, and I don't care. They're, I am a shit talk specialist. Yeah, and he's well, the best. He is. He is the best. But I and I, I think it's it's who he is. I actually don't think it's who he is authentically. No, I think he's I, very humble. He is very humble. Yeah, but he doesn't you come have across to be way. humble to get you, that good. Yes, yes. thank you. Uh, he's brilliant at what he it's does. It's a marketing thing. It's marketing. Right. He's a genius. He understands the game that he's playing. And I think that's a huge piece that people need to understand is they need to understand the game that they're playing. And they they need to get out of their own way. Now, Connor, we talked about it earlier in the show, that people don't dream. They don't have visions. Five years ago, nobody knew who Connor was. Right. But he had a goal to become the number one recognized fighter in the world. I'm going to win two titles in two different weight classes. Dude was laughed at. He was on state-assisted welfare. Couldn't afford food. His documentary is amazing. It's amazing. I loved it. I love his tweet. Doubt me now. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It goes all the way back to self-belief, right? That's the problem is people don't believe in themselves. Connor had no idea how he was going to achieve the goal. But he showed up every single day. Dude made two hundred fifty million in a fight. He lost. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Like he. He wasn't crying about it. He wasn't crying about it, dude. <laughs> uh, he laughed all the way is, to the bank. That's a that's a man who has experienced the fucking 
almost the lowest levels of poverty who just secured himself and his family for the rest of his life. I, I don't think and people are yell, people are saying, oh, you look like an idiot because you fucking lost and you talk all this shit. Motherfucker, I, you do what the fuck you got to do. I, I don't think we'll see another fighter in, in my lifetime like Connor. No. That, that, like you, there's athletes that transcend sport. Wayne Gretzky, Michael yes. Jordan, Conor McGregor. Yes. Like he's in that category yes. as far as changing in the entire landscape of a sport. Right. Back to your original question. It, it comes to belief in yourself. The, the secret to success is do a lot of little things consistently over, over a long period of time. What people don't do is, is, is focus on the next step. When I was laying on the side of the road on day 30, broken, I said to myself, be perfect for one second. Fuck yeah. It's dude. as dark as it can possibly be. Be perfect for one second. That's all, dude, I, take, that's all I could conceptualize. Take perfect. one fucking step. One step. I, I had 20 Ironmans to go, and I am broken, mentally and physically. But I said to myself, be perfect one second. Yeah. That one second turns into a minute. Life is about wins and losses. Life is about those conversations you're having inside your head. I've already said we get in our own way. As humans, we're our toughest critic, right? The voices are never going to go away. But through experience and becoming uncomfortable intentionally, we gain and can master those conversations that well, we're having. Well, you said something powerful there that I want to point out. Getting uncomfortable intentionally. Yeah. I have a concept that I talk about all the time calling test days, okay? And test days are those days. They could be test second. It could be a test minute. But I, I, I talk about it as a test day, all right? That's the day where everything seems to be going wrong. You're broken. You're unmotivated. You don't have any discipline. You know you're fucking lost. You know you're off track. You know it's going to be fucking hard. And, dude, people who change the world and people who accomplish true greatness start to love those days because that's the day where it's like you laying on the side of the road and you're saying, dude, I got more. I got another step. I got another. I've got another two steps. Oh, wait. I thought I only had one step. Now I'm 10 steps. Now I'm a quarter mile. Now I'm a mile. Holy fuck. Now I'm 26 miles. And, dude, as... Every single high-level person I know, it's not because they're not high-level because they have it easy. They're high-level because they start to love those days when they get tested. And that's something that I think you probably resonate with completely. Yeah, the biggest mistake people make is running away from their fears. Yeah. You, You should wake up every day, and the first thing you do is isolate your fear and break it down to the easiest and simplest task and get a win. Yeah. And then before you know it, that's no longer a fear. It's a strength. Make your fucking bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. That's one of the best speeches Is I've ever heard. Be- Did you read a little book? Uh, I haven't. It's such a great book. Oh, you you yeah, will love. Yeah, just that. You'll just feel that like speech. you wrote the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually brought a book for you today. So, Good. Yeah. yeah what, you got a book? Yeah. It's what re- is it? Redefine Impossible. Awesome. Where yeah. can people find that? It's on Amazon. All right. Or my website, ironcowboy.com. Awesome. We'll, we'll put a link. Yes, on the absolutely. Page. Yeah, I, I'm sure. excited to read that, dude. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because like uh, I love books like that, like Goggins' book, like David Goggins. I'm sure you've read it. Yeah, can't hurt me. Like I just love. Like dudes like Jocko, like dude, I just love gritty Extreme ownership. Yes, yeah. the dude, the dichotomy of leadership is the fucking best leadership great. book ever written. Yeah, it's great. But dude, have you hooked up with those guys yet? I'm sure you have. Mm-mm. All right, I'm gonna make that happen because they they'll bring you in to speak at Echelon Front. Jocko's a tremendous human, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I, w- 
I, I, I wish him and I were less busy so we could connect more Hang on a because bit. he's a just not, not, I mean, dude, he's Jocko like online, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's yeah. who he is, yeah. but he's a really good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's really hard to reach the level of success that he has in the areas that he has without being a really good no, dude. No, he fucking loves people, man. Yeah, he, he does. And, and, and he understands and, that loving people is, he understands, and this is where him and I, I think, have a lot in common. Dude, you don't write kids' books and shit like he does and like I do unless you truly fucking care. Because there ain't no money in it. Well, the o- well, no, there's not. Yeah. And the only way to get to the top of anything is helping other people get there. That's right. And, he, and next and thing you know, you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I'm at the top of the mountain. You can't and be, it's super cool because there's all these other people here with You can't be an leader, me. dude, unless you truly love people. For sure. And like, dude, that's what, I, that's what I like about him the most is like, dude, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are, what you are, where you are at in terms of your journey. That guy fucking cares. Yeah. And, and dude, that's why I'm such a fan of him. And people are like, why do you post this book? Why do you do this? He kind of competes with you. I'm like, motherfucker, we don't compete. We're, he pushes me to be better. That, that, I, hate that, I hate that mindset. There's so much abundance out there. There dude, is no competition. There is, it's, there dude, is no competition. It's, it's, there is and there isn't. Like, right. It's like. But I'm just saying. You, you, on a surface level, there is. There is. But over the grand, but what you find, you limit right. yourself if you don't Absolutely. believe in the abundance, and that yes. just is self punishing. So that's what's right. the point? But I think that's something that you learn with perspective, because yes. life I, is perspective. Absolutely, and yeah. like we talked earlier, it's fluid, so it's always changing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like who I was five years ago, or ten years ago, or twelve years ago, or, or even a year ago. Perspective changes different based because off of the environment fluid. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have to have experiences in order for your perspective to be changed. Exactly. And like, dude, you know, the I think the reason people a lot of people are so miserable and so stuck is because they identify with they make these strong statements about who they are and they're like just stuck in those statements and then the environment's changing and they don't change with it. You get what I'm saying? I've seen so many people fail because they're too rigid. Yeah. They're they're unwilling well, they're to not adapt. Willing to, they're not willing to say to themselves like Hey, that, that was a mistake. Yeah. Or, hey, I need to adjust the way I'm thinking. Or, hey, I was wrong in thinking that because it's like a pride thing. But, like, dude, and that's what we're talking about with, like, McGregor. Like, when you say, when the average person, if you say McGregor's a humble dude, they fucking argue with you. They, they say don't no even way. get it. They say no but way. But, like, the point is, and you and I said, we were, when I said you have to be humble to get that good, you got it right away when I said that. But people don't get that because to, to learn the skills to be great, you have to be open to learning and adjustment, and that means you have to be humble. And so, for even, like, it doesn't matter how cocky someone seems to be on the surface. Michael Jordan, one of the famously cockiest motherfuckers on earth, is still a humble dude when it comes Teachable. to preparation. Yeah, You know, and being coachable, not just with a coach, but to yourself is a huge deal that people miss, you know what I'm saying? Because they're locked in. And I see this a lot with like like average level people, right? They're they got a regular job and they're trying to get out of it. But when I talk to them, it's like, "Well, I believe this and I believe that and I believe this." And I'm like, "Well, bro, your beliefs are wrong." And they're like, "The fuck do you mean they're wrong?" Like you have to like you have to be open to adjusting your beliefs if you're going to progress. And that's a hard thing for people to understand. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I just, uh, dude, we could go on for 
hours and hours and hours, bro. Like I, <sighs> I don't meet I don't meet very many people that I look at their accomplishments and I think I'm just not impressed by much anymore. You know what I mean? I get sure. to be around a lot of success and a lot of high performers. I've fucking heard it all. But what you've done and what you're what you're doing is a different fucking level, dude, and it deserves to be recognized. Well, that mean that means a lot. Uh, yeah. So thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so guys, if if you have uh, any you know way to support James, uh, definitely give him a follow on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Iron Cowboy James. Okay. Yeah. And you know, check out his book. I haven't read it, so I can't say if it's good or bad, but I'm pretty fucking sure it's awesome. Um, they can get it at Amazon. It's Amazon and on our website, Iron Cowboy. And what's it called again? Redefine Impossible. Okay. Dude, I love that title, too. That's a good Thanks, one. Man. Yeah. Um, dude, <clears throat> thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. I don't even know invite. how you ended fantastic. up in town. Why are you here? Speaking. Okay. Yeah, to some entrepreneurs. Okay, yeah. good. I'm speaking to kids tonight, too. So That's that great, man. Great. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you do that a lot? Yeah, so I'll do. I'll speak to a corporation and then try to do a, an additional one for kids and try to impact that generation. That is cool, man. How'd yeah. you come? I, I, I do that. So I write children's books. Yeah. So... And people are like, why did you write children's books instead of adult books? Well, dude, I could have made a lot more fucking money writing adult books. I can tell you that right now. It would have done better for my career. But the truth is, is like our younger generation is completely fucked and yeah. I want to fix it. And for me, I've got five kids. And so I'm active in the school systems and yeah. I see a lot of the problems. And so that's where uh, you got that's where that drive comes from. Yeah, I sense sure. that you, you like, dude, you're you're a purpose driven individual, man. Yeah. And and that's that's going to lead to a lot of success for you. Cool. A Thanks. lot. A Good. lot. Very cool. You know, so when you, when you, uh, when you talk to these kids, like, what do you talk to them? I'm just curious now, like it just, should, just, just mindset and belief. Yeah. I mean, that, that's as, as simple as it, as it should be for these kids is believing in themselves and that wor words matter. Yeah. The, the thoughts in our head and the words that we say matter. Yeah. And, and really to believe in ourselves. Cause I, I mean, my, my boy's nine and he's in third grade and he comes home and he says, so-and-so and said this about me. And I'm like, so yeah. Like who, who cares? Who are you? Yeah. And, and we've had conversations that their words don't matter to you. Yeah. It's your beliefs. Not even their teachers' not, words. Yeah, not they're even right. teachers' words. Because, so, like, teachers are so... I think there's so many teachers out there that are ignorant. Why are they teachers? <laughs> my my wife says this all the time. Thank like, you. why If you're so I was going to be nice at, about it. If you're so angry at life, why the hell are you a teacher? Because like you're they working fucking with cut it somewhere else? Yeah, I don't, under, I don't understand it. I have a huge now, problem with a lot of the teachers in the too. system today because they, they need to ask themselves, why am I a teacher to kids when I hate kids and have zero patience and tolerance? Dude. Like, they need to have a... a, a, a they need to talk to Jocko and have an account of talk Look, with themselves here's the reality this is the truth they should fucking raise the teacher's salary by like 10 times the amount for sure okay and then they will track a higher level teacher yep that's the truth that is the truth and so, and uh and and do we share that frustration as well and listen we might be the same person just in very different bodies yeah dude i'm gonna tell you <laughs> this beast. there is uh there is uh well i like chinese food bro there you go hey <laughs> i love I like chinese I, food. I love sushi yeah and french fries that's my thing yeah. so uh, my wife calls it the stack. Like, what do we, what do you want? I want the stack. She knows what that means. <laughs> yeah, I like so it. like, uh, dude, we, um, uh, I think, you know, 
and, and I will say this too, like a little asterisk. There's a lot of great teachers. Absolutely. I don't want, yeah. that, that was a pretty like, big if you're blanket a great, statement that yeah, I no, made. But, and I get caught up in that too. But yeah. then what happens is, is I get the teachers who I know are good and they're like, bro, what the fuck? M- my best friend in the wingman that was on me with the 50, guess what he is? He's a second grade school teacher yeah. and he's an unbelievable teacher. Yes. But he's one of those rare guys that care about his kids. He's been teaching second grade for 20 years. Yeah, and those that, people, and he's still those people engaged, are changing right? the world. That, that, he that, is changing yes. the world. And I have so much respect for Casey yeah. that, and for what key. he does. I've got a, a, my college roommate is a, has been a, a public school teacher for about 25 years or 20 years, uh, somewhere around there. And he gets awards and I was his roommate. So I know academics do not come easy for him. He is not Mr. Charismatic. He has to work for everything. And when he comes into contact with a with a teacher who's just like bitter and angry and all oh, the kids don't respect me. He'll just straight out tell them. Yeah. You know why? Because kids have a really high BS meter and they know you don't care about them. Absolutely. And if they know you don't care about them, they do not care what you have hey, to teach them. That ain't just kids. Right. By the way. Yeah. That's yeah. everybody. That's a, yeah. it's humans. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. My son will come home and he's like, I don't understand why my teacher yells all day. Because that's not his environment at right, home, right? right. And he, he he comes from an environment where we communicate, we right. we love, we teach, and all these things. And he's like, I don't understand why my teacher just yells all day. Yeah. But that's a whole nother Oh, dude. Con- that's could, a whole nother yeah, episode, that, bro. That is, yeah, we could, go, yeah, we could go off for a while on Hey, on man. That, but, um, but thank you for having me. If you ever come back through St. Louis, I'd love to have you on again. Cool. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I want people to know about you, and I want people to support you. And uh, I'm well, going to come back in June to your event. Yeah, let's do a podcast too. Okay, yeah. let's do it. I, uh, dude, I really appreciate you sitting down. Uh, I know you're busy, dude, and you got a lot of shit going on. So thank yeah, you so I, I, much. I got to go train for three hours right now, <laughs> dude. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, call, I'll catch you after. There you go <laughs> <laughs> for that stack, right? That's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, James, dude, thank you, man. Absolutely. It's been yeah, a thank true you. pleasure, a true honor. And guys, uh, you know. We talk about the fee all the time. In, instead of my fee for the show, I would appreciate it if you would support James and buy his book. So uh, Awesome. Absolutely. So let's do that. Redefining Impossible on Amazon. Thank you. All right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for spreading the word. Uh, let's kick some ass, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>